All right. Uh, Joshua chapter number 6 tonight. Book of Joshua chapter number 6. We're going to be dealing with the first five verses tonight. We saw in the previous chapters that Israel had finally crossed over Jordan into the promised land. And we saw how they prepared themselves spiritually and up to this point at least they have followed the Lord's orders. What the Lord has told them to do, they have followed that to the letter. And praise the Lord, things have been going real well for them. They're finally ready to begin their conquest of the promised land and they are ready to claim for themselves this land that flows with milk and honey. And uh, But... Like most things in life, uh, you face some issues when you go to do the Lord's will. Uh, the, it wasn't going, a victory was not going to come automatically. The Lord had assured them the victory was going to come, but that didn't mean that they didn't have anything to do. They had to be obedient to the Lord. For Israel's victory at Jericho was very important as they began their con- conquest of the land. And you think, you know, when you, when you start out, you want to have a good, you want to have a good things going on, amen? And uh, this was their first, uh, their first battle that they were going to face, and it was at Jericho that they would first learn to trust the Lord and obey Him, and thereby experience a military victory. Now, Jericho was an intimidating city, though. It was surrounded by huge walls. In their flesh, this probably looked like an absolute impossibility to them. I mean, they they go looking at the walls and think, how in the world are we going to battle them? Because uh, it was kind of overwhelming. And Joshua, their leader, who told them what the Lord said they were to do, um, he said, you know, we obey the Lord, the Lord will take care of it. They simply obeyed the Lord and then the end they saw massive walls fall down flat and we might think well why should we bother with studying these events that took place so long ago Uh, what does all this have to do with us how do we apply it to our life here as a believer in 2022 well we need to understand that each of us as believers are in spiritual war we're spiritual warfare spiritual battles Ephesians 6 verses 11 through 13 tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having you in all to stand. And so, we know that our spiritual battles are on three fronts. You know, we, we, we battle, we all battle. Uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Those are the three front fronts of our spiritual battle. And we know we need to fight these spiritual battles. We, we need to know uh, that the Lord has promised us victory, and He has, if we would just be obedient to Him. We need to know that the, uh, the Lord our God will, uh, is able to give us the victory. But we also need to know how to follow Him in obedience to gain that victory. So our study of Joshua teaches us these valuable lessons. Just as Israel faced the mighty walls of Jericho, we face walls and obstacles in our lives as well. And we need to know how to overcome and move forward in victory. First thing we want to see, let's take a look at verse number 1. Joshua chapter number 6, verse number 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up 
because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. So you got this mighty fortress. Uh, Jericho is known as one of the oldest cities in the world. And we see Israel had a problem here. Their problem was that uh, it was surrounded by a system of two massive stone walls. <laughs> you're, you're talking about the outer wall, Think, listen to this, six feet thick and about 20 feet high. Uh, and then you got the inner wall was 12 feet thick and was 30 foot high. And between the walls was a guarded walkway about 15 foot wide. So you're looking at this and you said, how in the world, <laughs> you know, God really going to have to intervene. And the Lord, of course, was going to intervene. Israel's problem was that they had a city to conquer, but there, there was these extremely huge walls in the way. And listen, as we go through this life, at times we face some obstacles that seem insurmountable as well. We look at it and say, how in the world am I going to get through this? <laughs> you know, I need God. and you know, This is a God-sized project. And you know, it could be a matter of a lost loved one that we'd like to see saved, and we know, you know, maybe we've done all we can to try to, to see that that loved one comes to know Christ and just seem like nothing that you do works. It's, it's a God-sized project. God's going to have to work in it. It might be some other loss of the, in our community over which we're burdened. I, I tell you right now, I'm burdened about the, the man that lives in the trailer right in front of the church. Uh, the whole time we lived here, he, he won't give us the ability to talk to him in any way he rejects any kind of literature that you might hand to him it's going to take God to, to, to take him and get into his heart it could be a ministry from the Lord maybe that we feel inadequate about you know we've been asked to serve and do something for God and we you know something well yeah I volunteered for this but I don't really feel like I'm uh, uh, able to do this uh, as well as I, maybe I should. It might be uh, trouble in our family that tears at our hearts, leaves us wondering what to do. It could be a financial burden sometimes that, that stresses us to the limits of our patience and faith. It might be a struggle with a particular sin. You know, we've got those easily besetting sins that Hebrews talks about. Uh, and each of us deal with those things that and we, there's some things in our lives that come along we seem to have a constant struggle with all the time. Or it could be any number of other things. Okay? I don't know what your problem is tonight. But we must learn not to look at our obstacles as dead ends, but rather as opportunities for the Lord to work in and through our lives. Uh, the Apostle Paul had such an obstacle. Remember when he had the thorn in the flesh? That he talked about it in 2 Corinthians chapter number. 12 verses 7 through 10 he said unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh he called it the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. God had a purpose for the things that He was going through. Now, the attitude may seem foreign to most of us, uh, but 
yet we come to realize that the power of God is best revealed in and through us when we are unable to handle life. You know, as long as we try to do it ourselves, God's going to let us try and handle that ourselves. And we can fail miserably. But if we turn those things over to Him and just be obedient to Him and what He would have us to do, things go a lot better. God is more clearly visible when we are totally out of the picture. And in a sense, that's what He did here with Israel. He completely removed them from the equation. Uh, we're going to see more next week than, than this week. But we'll, we'll take a look at, really, God made them look kind of foolish out there. I mean, when you're just marching around the walls and, uh, you know, uh, you don't have anything that's going to be poking through the wall. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you've got. Uh, you can feel kind of silly. You feel kind of foolish. Uh, but he completely removed them from the equation other than them just being obedient to what he told them to do. There was no doubt the victory at Jericho was all of God. Okay, Nobody else could take any credit. God got all the credit. God got all the glory. So we see Israel had a problem. We see Israel had a promise though. Look at verse number 2. And the Lord... Uh, said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. That's a promise from God right there. <laughs> uh, as Joshua and all the men of war stood looking at those walls around that great city, the Lord God had a, a word of comfort for their hearts. Here God promised uh that Israel the victory before they ever attacked Jericho. And he let them know about the conclusion of the battle before they ever entered into the battle. I'm glad we can read the, the final chapter and we're on the winning side. Aren't you glad? Yeah. You know, we, we know we know we win. You know, and now there's, there's going to be some things that we face between now and the, the time that we uh, win in the end. But uh, nevertheless, we know that we are on the winning side. As we face our obstacles, whatever they may be, we can do so with confidence because we have the Lord's promises. Thank God for His Word and the promises we have in His Word. Um, we have a God's we have we have God's promise that our weapons are powerful through God. Uh, listen to Second Corinthians ten, verse four and five. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, not uh, swords. Uh, you know, physical swords are not guns. But they're spiritual. Okay, He's a, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of of Christ. We also have God's promise that our battles and even our afflictions have all been arranged by the Lord to work together for our ultimate good and for His purposes. I'm going to say that again. We have God's promise that our battles and even our afflictions, I'm going to give you some, some uh, passages on this, uh, have all been arranged by the Lord to work together for our ultimate good and for His purposes. Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. 
And 2 Corinthians 4.17, listen to this. For our light affliction, Paul says, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. It works for us. <laughs> Your affliction works for you. He said, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Um, God has a purpose in it all. And we have God's promise that our abilities are limited only by our faith in Him. Uh, Paul said in, in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And, and I'm, one of my favorite uh, verses, Ephesians 3.20, talks about now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You know, sometimes I have to continue to remember, remember those words and remind myself, you know, God's able to do much more than I can ask Him for. Uh, we have God's promise of power in the day of battle. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And we have God's promise of ongoing victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians 2, 14, And now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. So, uh, you know, we have God's promise also that we never need to fight alone. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so glad that the Lord never leaves us nor forsakes Amen. us, Amen. according to Hebrews 13, verse 5. Um, as we face the seemingly insurmountable uh, uh, walled cities in our lives, we, we need to, to learn to believe the Lord and take Him at His word and trust Him for our victories. Um, look at uh, Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter number 4. Speaking of Abraham here. Romans 4. Notice, um, notice verse number 18. It's talking about Abraham. Said, who, who against hope believed in hope <laughs> that he might become, become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. All he had was God's word. Had God's word that this was going to take place. And uh, you know and when, when it seemed like hope was gone, he, he just continued to believe God. Notice verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead uh, when he was about a hundred years old, and neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Look at verse 21 here, and this is what I want us to see. And being fully persuaded that what God had uh, been fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Um, you know, when when the Lord said, "I want you to go up on that Mount Moriah, and I want you to take the life of your son," well, what did he have the, that told him that everything's going to be okay? Well, he had God's promise that through. Isaac was his seed going to be called. So he basically received the Lord in a figure there. You know, uh, 
he believed in the resurrection. If I take his life, God's going to have to raise him up because he said, "That's where that's where my seat's coming from." Right. And uh, and so he he trusted God. He believed God for the impossible. And uh, of course, we know the story. He didn't wind up having to take his child's life, but he believed. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Second Corinthians one twenty says, "For all the promises of God in Him, as in Christ, are yea." And in Him, Amen, unto the glory of God by us. You know, Jesus did not save us for us to live defeated lives. He doesn't want us to live defeated. In fact, He wants us to, to, to live with uh, uh, the abundant life, having the abundant life, according to John 10.10. 10. But He saved us to have victory, and He will be there all the way to help us secure it for His glory as we trust Him. Say. He's going to get the glory out of it, and you know if we try to get any glory out of it, we're not going to have we're not going to have the uh, uh, the victory. But uh, when we look to Him, will there be trials? Yes, there'll be trials, but they can also be victory through the trials. So Israel had a problem. Israel had a promise, and then we see Israel had a partner. Think of verses three through five. Back in our text, Joshua. Chapter six, verse three, and here's where he's given the instructions. Then, and you shall. This is the Lord speaking. You shall compass the city, all ye men of war. Go go round about the city once. Thou shalt uh, thus shalt thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of unbelievable, doesn't it? Can you imagine the children of Israel with Joshua saying, now this is what God told me that we're going to be doing here. And he, and he tells them exactly what I just read there. Uh, but listen, Israel had a partner. Israel's partner was none other than the Lord Himself. The Lord was in absolute control of the battle. He was leading them and He was the guarantee of their victory. And remember the, the, the visit Joshua had with the uh, captain of the Lord's host back in the previous chapter. Look back up in the previous chapter, verse number 13. It came to pass when the uh, J- Joshua was by Jericho, they lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went about him and said unto him, Art, art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am, am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? He was ready to listen. And he knew this was the captain of the Lord's host. Verse 15, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. So uh, we remember that visit there and and, uh, what they were uh, told to do. I mean, think about it. It didn't make any sense. You're going to march around 
for seven days you're going to march around and then on the seventh day you're going to march around seven times and then you're going to shout. Okay? God's going to get victory. Uh, and we're, we're going to see that uh, next week. As we face the obstacles of our lives, it is a blessing to know that we do not have to face them alone or in our own strength. Amen. See, what what they were told to do didn't make any sense unless the captain of the Lord's host showed up and he was going to show up. Amen? He was going to do his part. No obstacle is insurmountable as long as we face it with the Lord. Now, that's our, that's our study for this evening. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to see how Israel prevailed in verses 6 through 21. We'll, we'll take a look at a, them having a faith that brings down walls. There's some elements to a faith that will bring down walls. And I don't know what kind of walled city that you might be facing in your life right now. You know, we, we all have things that are happening in our lives. Amen. And uh, we have things that we look at and we say, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Don't know how it's going to happen, and uh, uh, we'll we'll take uh, a lesson from Israel, and and uh, and uh, I trust that we can uh, take a lesson from them and start handling our Jerichos in God's way. Um, when you bring your Jericho to the Lord, He is still a miracle-working God. He is greater than any obstacle, able to move any mountain and stronger than any foe that we might face. Amen? Alright, we'll, we'll take a look at the rest of the, of the chapters, Lord willing, next week. Um, that's our Bible study for this evening.